0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Intuitive Revolution in Business. I'm super excited about today's guest because she brings um, to this discussion something I have been passionate about for years and um, modality that I actually trained in. So, I would like to welcome Helen Hardware, sorry, that's the French in me, can't pronounce the H, uh, to this podcast. Uh, She is a spiritual hypnotherapist, and we are going to learn and hear a story of intuition in her business. So, uh, Helen, what is your business about?
1: Um, So, I'm a spiritual hypnotherapist, as you said, and I help people heal their blocks and resistance from this life, past lives, and connect to lies off of earth as well, their star seed origins. Okay, um, how long have you been doing what you're doing? Um, so I guess I started out my hypnotherapy business about three years ago, but as these things do, it's grown and it's morphed and it's developed and it's taken on a different entity entirely from what I imagined when I first started out, just doing regular standard hypnotherapy as people think about it, you know, stop smoking and weight loss. And then over the last 18 months, so sort of halfway through my business, it's really gone more in the direction of doing more past life regressions. And as I say, then start, clients started regressing to past lives off of Earth as well. So building all that into it as well. Oh,
0: that's fascinating. Fascinating. And, and why, why do you think this happened, this change? Did you call it in or did it just happen organically and you just followed whatever was happening?
1: Well, it's always happened in the sense of one of my very, very first clients um, regressed to a past life, to between lies and to a non-human lifetime. She was actually a tree and we took it as a metaphor at the time and we explored it and we unpacked it. And it was about a year later, actually, she messaged me and went, oh, my God, I finally understand what the tree is all about. Um, But over time, it started to grow. But I think it started to grow probably because I'd subconsciously called it in I was being more confident and reclaiming my own spiritual beliefs and probably because of that I was subconsciously calling more in I was definitely not guilty of directing or leading anyone to past lives I'm really really mindful that as a hypnotherapist our job is to hold a space if somebody comes to me for a past life session then obviously that's where we'll go. But if somebody just comes for standard hypnosis, it's not my job to try and direct them to somewhere in particular. It's about finding the root cause wherever that might be. So as I was embracing my own spirituality more, I think I was just opening space to bring in more like-minded people and clients and just connecting with those that needed it and being able to hold that space for, for those who were on a similar journey to me. That's so interesting.
0: I I found when I um when I practice as a clinical hypnotherapist that very often the clients that came to me actually helped me activate and heal or transform something within me. They acted like a mirror. Did you find that? Do you find that yeah, in the practice? Yes. Yeah. So Did you time. did you end
1: up exploring your own past lives after that? Yes. Yeah, so- ha- It started happening spontaneously for me, um, as I think a lot of us do as hypnotherapists. I was doing my own um, healing, my own regressions, my own self-hypnosis, and I started regressing back to past lives. In fact, the first time it happened, I was so excited that I brought myself out of trance, grabbed my journal and spent an hour just journaling about it, forgot to do the healing work (laughs) that they should have done for it. (laughs) I was just excited to write it down. Um, and that was a past life. Um, I was working on um, food and health related things. And what came up was three past lives where I'd been starving hungry, um, either as a, a street urchin or as a nomad. And I can never remember the third, the third one, but they were all on the same theme. But what I noticed with clients, with my own journey, and, and also talking to friends as well, is it seemed like the more work we did on blocks and resistance from this life, the more chance we were of then going back to past lives. So it seemed it was like an onion where we've peeled back the layers and we've done a load of healing on this life. And guess what? There's another layer underneath, which is the past life karma that we still got to clear up. How Fascinating. And there's several things I want to say on
0: that. Um, but the, the one I really, really want to say to, because of our audience who might not be open to this whole past life thing yet Um there is a, a beautiful um, book by Roger Wagler. I don't know if you heard of him. He was a British um, Jungian, Jungian, I think, um, therapist. And in this book, he actually starts the book this by saying, it doesn't really matter if you believe in past lives or not. They have in themselves a huge healing power, because there's are stories and metaphors. So I love that with the tree thing, you said, at first, we just didn't take it at face value, we just use it as a metaphor. Because that's the that's the stuff of hypnotherapy, isn't it? Metaphor, stories, imagination, and I'm not really caring that, you know, whether it's right or
1: not, because it's a part of the brain that takes us where we need to go, right? Exactly. And I always tell clients that there is no proof in past lives. Um, they're going to have an experience. Can I guarantee that it's absolutely their past lives? No. It could just be that it's the mind's way of interpreting and analyzing and understanding something. And it does that through pictures and stories and sounds and say metaphors. So, but there's huge healing value in that. We shouldn't just discount it by saying, well, it's just in the mind. It might be. There's absolutely no proof that past lives are real, although some people are able to research and validate their experiences, which tends to sort of make me think that there is definitely something in it. But I'm also open to the possibility that it is just the mind's way of processing information. It doesn't really matter. What matters is like you said, it's the outcome, it's the healing that they get from it.
0: Yeah, because you can read a book that has nothing to do with your experience and you can feel better for it at the end, a novel. Because there's an aspect of that that's that's spoken to what you needed to, to experience. Because in novels, of course, our imagination takes us to vicariously experience what other people are, are, are doing and feeling. And that can be very healing without having to validate, as I said. Yeah, I, I really like your stance on it. It's, uh, it's open, it's soft, and it's, it's curious, I suppose, <clears throat> I would say. I'd probably resist someone who was categoric about, yeah, of course, past life exists. Of course, we reincarnate, even though I have a bit of a contradiction here because I actually believe in it more and more. But to start with, for me, it was more like an idea that I really liked. And that makes sense. And it, it actually sprouted in me when I was in my teens, which is quite unusual because I come from a Catholic background and I had no framework to look into that reincarnation piece. But I remember having a huge argument with my sister and she's 18 now. I was 15. I think my parents probably left for the weekend, left us at home and we just bickered as we usually did. And at one point I just stopped. I looked at her and I remember pausing and saying to her, look, we've chosen each other. I think we need to just get on, you know, get on with each other and make the most of it. And it it was a defining moment in our relationship, but also in my life. And I was like, where's this thought coming from? And from then um, it's like the universe started to bring stuff about Buddhism and understanding more. And then I got to actually meet a minister because I used to work in um, mergers and acquisition as a lawyer. So I would go, we'd had to meet ministers from different countries that were privatizing their companies and were taking part in these big beating procedures. And here I am in Thailand sitting next to a minister. I'm, I'm not even sure if it was the minister of telecom or minister of commerce or whatever. And the guy starts telling me how he goes on you know retreats twice a year. Uh, meditation retreats and do that and that, and i became completely fascinated by buddhism i didn't end up becoming a buddhist but it kind of fit but some aspects didn't fit very well with me either um the whole you know if you do this then in the next life you're going to be this that that just that didn't gel um so i, I really it's an invitation an invitation for our audience to have an open mind and
1: and explore these things and be curious. Yeah, for sure. Sorry sorry, that you talk about that, you know, if you, if you do something in a past life, then something happens in this life. And I really resisted karma when I first started out doing past life stuff as, you know, just a a myth. And what I've seen as it's really evolved is, you know, karma does exist, but it's in no way a punishment. And I think that's really important for us to understand as a, a human species. It's uh, you know when we talk about every every action having a reaction, and it's similar to that. So just because we've done something in one past life doesn't mean we're going to be punished for it in the next, but it might mean that we need to re-experience it from a different perspective so that we understand all aspects and sides of it. Um, and I find that really quite liberating because I think there's a lot of um belief that karma is a punishment and it's it's yeah. really not it's a, just a way of experiencing and it's an energetic carryover that we can then change the perspective and learn from by seeing both sides of the coin yeah i really like
0: that and um i i, I have a question for you actually so can you think of a scenario of a past life that could affect someone in business like maybe with their um prosperity. Or how you know, like not not being able to to attract clients. And I actually have a story myself with one of my clients. I'll add if if I need to. But just let us know. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I see it a lot. Um, prosperity, visibility, particularly um, prosperity. If we've had past lives, um, one of my own past life experiences when I regressed um, to the root cause of the money blocks I was experiencing, I found myself in a, a French prison cell in the French Revolution. Um, walking up and down a, a cell, I could smell the, the dirt and the the general stench of this this ancient prison, and see old dirty straw on the floor, and there was just a, a hard bench to sleep on. And I found myself pacing up and down as a, a wealthy gentleman, a member of the aristocracy, promising that you know I was going I was waiting to be executed for being wealthy, and promising that I would never be wealthy again. And so that's a really powerful one. And I see it a lot with clients where we either make those kind of vows that we're never going to be wealthy or that we've been um, a spiritual um, entity of some kind by which I mean a monk or a nun or something of of that ilk. And we've taken a vow of poverty for those purposes. That often shows up as entrepreneurs in this life when we are um, looking at making money and income. But we've got that subconscious belief that we're not allowed to do that or we're not safe to do that, to make money. So that's a really interesting one. Um, I see it from a visibility perspective. If people are really struggling to get themselves out there and promote their business, um, we've quite often been persecuted in some way for speaking out, speaking our truth in past lives. And that we've got this belief that we're not safe to be able to share what it is that we're doing. And that very much links into those money blocks as well fascinating so i'm going to share a little bit because you know i work
0: in the akashic records and typically you can you can get into past lives in the akashic records in a different way than you do with your hypnosis but literally sometimes i'm showing people's past lives and there's this particular client that i remember one of my vips and she was very reluctant to do the the work that she was doing which involved uh, psychic abilities and that was because she had been the astronomer to one of those, you know, kings or, or um, rulers who had a very temperamental um, personality. And one day she had said something to that person that the the ruler didn't like. And she was literally executed on the spot. So that had a massive impact on even her embracing her gifts in this lifetime. So, um and as I'm going to say, it's the beauty of the Akashic records, because then I was able to do some healing on that part and, and it just reconciled her. So I'm fascinated how also we can use different modalities and do the same thing. In effect. And I think ultimately yeah.
1: it is, it is the same thing as well, because from my interpretation of it is when we're looking at past lives, they are energetic imprints, memories that are recorded in a field of, you know, an electronic field of some sort. And ultimately that's, My mind, what the Akashic records are. So, there's lots Mm -hmm. of different ways that we can go in and tap into the same information. And that's one of the things that I love about it the fact that there are so many options. And as an intuitive healer myself, it's not something that I I generally promote or talk about. I quite often see a backstory as a client is having a past life experience. I'll quite often be shown several past lives before that as well that I can then do some energetic healing on in the background. And that gives that an extra strength and boost, but it's not something that they will necessarily even be aware of, but it it just supports that experience that they're having. Oh,
0: and I love the fact that they don't need to relive it. They can literally be done something that's done gently in the background, as long as you've had their permission in person or from their higher self that you can do the work and they're ready to let it go, right? Exactly, yeah. Okay, so... Let's get back to my questions. I'm loving this. What, what led you to, to train as a clinical hypnotherapist and do the work that you do?
1: Um, so I've got a background like you as an ex-lawyer. And then I went into financial services and then I hit burnout. Um, I was just, I wasn't enjoying my job. I got promoted. I had some visibility fears um, and I didn't feel good enough. I had crippling imposter syndrome and ultimately that that led to my burnout and as burnout often does there was a spiritual awakening attached to it and I went on a journey of exploring healing modalities I'd always been interested in crystal healing from a teenager but I'd kind of left it and walked away so that was the first thing that I picked up again was I trained in crystal healing Then I trained in Reiki and I just went on this um, journey of exploring different modalities and I'd had this message from spirit over time telling me that I was enough. I I heard it explicitly in meditation one day, and then it kept coming in all sorts of ways, shapes, and forms. And I'd never realized that I didn't think I was good enough. Um, So that sent me on a a deeper healing journey. Once I dealt with the physical problems, I went on this journey of exploring my own worth, my own self value, and knowing that I was good enough. And that is what led me into hypnotherapy in the first place. Um, I'd never even had hypnosis. I just knew that I needed to train with it. It was just one of those intuitive downloads.
0: Same here, actually. It's funny. I trained in hypnotherapy without ever having had treatment myself. Um, Funny the parallels. So my next question, and I know what you're going to answer, at least the the general idea but do you consider yourself intuitive?
1: Yes I've started to think over the last couple of years that I am I think I would probably have always said no 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 but I didn't really understand what being intuitive really meant and it's only as I've explored my own um, connection to source or the divine or whatever you want to call it I I avoid the g word because I think it's got lots of connotations attached to it um, that I've started to realize that Um, we always receive messages and we receive signs and there are things that we can do to explicitly um, interpret messages from them whether that's oracle card readings or dowsing which is something that I do a lot so yeah I I do consider myself intuitive now
0: wonderful and um, how do you receive your intuition is there
1: something specific that you know to look for Um, signs specifically Um, asking the universe for, I I used to ask for a specific sign and say, oh, send me an uh, an acorn or send me a dragonfly. But I found that the subconscious tends to know where you can find those things. And then you either go out looking for them um, and it kind of makes you question it and undermine whether it really is a message from spirit. So I just started asking for a sign that I couldn't miss and putting a a time frame on it of the next 48 hours. Maybe not the next five minutes, that's pushing it a little bit, or sometimes it is that quick. Um, But for me, messages come through those signs, or when I'm in meditation, um, I might have set an intention. Quite often don't get the download in the meditation. I get it half an hour afterwards when I go in out for a walk, particularly when I'm out in nature, I get a lot of downloads, a lot of insights. Sometimes it's on the meditation cushion, but more often than not, it's after because I've stopped actively looking for the answer and I'm just letting it come to me.
0: Powerful. It's very powerful. Yeah. And I like what you said about signs because I did an episode about signs um when I launched this podcast, and you can actually manifest signs. So it's a very um it's it's very useful what you just said for our audience to understand that probably best not to choose the sign and then wait for it to come. Very good. Very good. Right. Um, Now we're coming to the meat of this episode. Can you share one big story of how intuition helped you in your business? Maybe, you know, have a breakthrough or make a significant impact or whatever it is.
1: I think it was the 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 tipping point my business had kind of developed I started out like most hypnotherapists just doing any type of hypnosis clients that would that come to me whether that was stop smoking or weight loss or whatever else that might be and over time I really noticed that the thing that I enjoyed most was confidence and self esteem so specialised in that for a while and then that developed because a lot of my clients were other online entrepreneurs coming to me because they were struggling with their confidence to get visible. So that's what I specialized in, uh, for a while. And then it was beginning of last year, I was going through another sort of transition in my own, um, personal development. And I sat down on the meditation cushion, not expecting an awful lot. And because I surrendered, I had this huge download that actually what I needed to be focusing on was spiritual hypnosis. And at the time, I didn't even really have any concept of what that really was. You know, I'd I'd done past life regressions. I trained in it, but I wasn't thinking of it in that way. And I just put it out to spirit and said, "Okay, what does that mean? And started getting various downloads around offers that I could create for clients, different uh, packages, uh, different opportunities, different things that I could help with from that. So I just trusted and just let what came in come in and just followed those feelings and that guidance as I received it and then it did completely transform my business from from what it was to uh, what it is today
0: wow it's quite a story
1: so to to conclude this
0: episode can you tell people where they can find you if they wanted to yeah work with you or
1: um, my website is just helenhardware.com, and that's hardware, H-A-R-D-W-A-R-E, just like computers. And my, you can find me on Facebook. Again, just facebook.com/slash/helenhardware. Lovely. And I, I always save this question
0: for last because it's, um, it's kind of powerful. What would you say to someone who's afraid to use their intuition in business? Um, I
1: suppose it's that there is nothing to be afraid of. Um, You know, we we talk about our gut instincts in business as a whole, and that's all our intuition is. It's about following that inner guidance and just letting go of what the expected outcome might be. Just surrender and trust the process.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Letting go of what the outcome may be is so important because we
0: don't know what our intuition wants us to to experience or what's the next step or um I feel that intuition doesn't speak like the the logical mind it doesn't say step one two three four and then it makes all sense very often it's more like those wiggly <laughs> lines that go up down round and round and then it gets to from a to b but in a different way than than you would in I suppose the corporate world or the logical world and but the journey
1: is incredible isn't it and that's that's where the fun comes in you know you Mm -hmm. you can plot a a journey from a to b but if you went from you know from a through to c and f and g and back to b you'll see things that you'll never see if you just went from so direct from a to b
0: right thank you so much for coming on the podcast helen it's been an honor Uh, i also want to thank our audience for coming to the end of this episode and we'll see you again next week Bye for now.
1: Thank you for listening to another episode of the Business Intuition
0: Podcast. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe, give us a rating, and if you haven't done it yet, write a review so that more listeners can enjoy this podcast. Don't forget to join my free group on Facebook, Business Intuition for Female Entrepreneurs, And go on to my website to download my free workbook on the four steps to trust your intuition in business. My website is theintuitionrevolution.co.uk.